0: Midnight Facts for insomniacs. <laughs> I just learned something. Oh, I'm having fun now. More from this anonymous supplier. Quote, all vanilla extracts are free of Castorium wherever you go. Hmm. The supplier continued, you can totally trust us. We are anonymous representatives from a giant corporation. When have we ever led you astray?
1: Ever, ever. I added the last, the last part. I figured, but yeah. it, it's, it's implied. So, last episode was fun. Yes, I, I have not laughed that hard. I laughed until my stomach hurt in months, feels like years. And that one is getting a lot of downloads. So, historically, our
0: host swap episodes have not been quite as popular. When it comes to downloads. Right. Which doesn't mean that they're not good episodes or that people aren't enjoying them because the downloads, you have to download the episode before you can hear it. So anyone who isn't downloading the episode wouldn't know if they liked it or not. It just indicates that people are afraid of change. Yes. Yes. And they have a right to be. In this case,
1: it's, it's absolutely
0: true. The early we ones change. were pretty rough. Oh boy! The last one was pretty rough, but in a yeah. fun way.
1: Yeah, it was. It was rough in the way that I'm sure you know. Michelangelo's David was was rough at the
0: beginning. Wow, that is um,
1: <laughs> ambitious, my friend. <laughs> thank you, thank yeah, you. That That's was what you said.
0: Masterpiece of talking about dumpster fires. Yes. In some ways, I think the host swap episodes sort of capture our dynamic more, like the way we are outside of the podcast because first off there's just less information in them you're not as like going deep into this stuff so we do a lot more fucking around
1: let's be fair i suck at research you're learning i'm just not good at it that was my fourth one ever and it was proof positive that i have a long way to go so they end up being a little bit less structured yes
0: and we do a lot more of just what me and you do when we're not doing one of our regular podcasts which is sit around and just talk shit
1: yes talking massive amounts of shite and it you know weaves around like herding drunken cats yes
0: this one uh a little more structured okay but hopefully actually still fun i think that this one gives us a lot of opportunity to just be ridiculous because the subject is a little bit ridiculous oh yes sort of this is uh, common misconceptions about animals Oh,
1: okay. So this is like common misconceptions, Mark Schmer.
0: Yeah. We've done animal misconceptions in the past, but we hadn't limited ourselves to that. Yeah. So maybe we could start, I'll ask you a question. Well, it's going to be obvious because like okay. the obvious answer isn't the right one or it wouldn't be a misconception. <laughs> right. The, the the name itself gives it away. Wouldn't it be great if this episode, all, all this did was confirm everything we already know about animals? Yes. Just Contrary to popular belief, dogs, very furry. <laughs> Cats, kind of assholes. Humans.
1: Absolute fuckwits.
0: Oh, that we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, apparently bears don't hibernate. Air? No. So instead, they experience a similar state called torpor. Oh, yes. True hibernation is typically limited to small animals like chipmunks, woodchucks, and ground squirrels, which I have to admit, I thought were all the same thing. Really? <laughs> You're just like, rodentia, fuck them. I could not pick a ground squirrel out of a chipmunk lineup. Mm, I would be that's... a terrible rodent crime witness if a crime were committed by a woodchuck i don't know what kind of crime would be but if how it much were,
1: wood could a woodchuck stab if a woodchuck stabbed prostitutes
0: so unlike torpor hibernation is according to all the sources i found voluntary mm. which is kind of a weird thing to claim mm. because i just how do you know that a chipmunk has decided to hibernate
1: I don't know. It Writes a hibernation note to its friends. Yeah. It's, you know, closes its accounts.
0: Yeah. How are you determining the level of hibernation consent? <laughs> so much that animals do is instinctual, and right. how do we know if they're like compelled to do it or if they're like, yeah, I'm ready to. I think I'll hibernate now. So torpor, on the other hand, is supposed to be involuntary. So I guess it's like narcolepsy. <laughs> Bears are just dropping off left and right. <laughs> 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 So torpor is kind of what I always thought of as hibernation, Mm -hmm. a drop in body temperature and metabolism intended to conserve energy during lean periods. Right. Hibernation, though, is longer and usually involves multiple stretches of torpor. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Quote, body temperature drops far below that of an animal in torpor and the animal's metabolic rate is only one to two percent of that of the active animal. So torpor is basically like short stretches of mild hibernation and hibernation is like a long stretch of potentially many instances of torpor.
1: Right. So put another way, torpor is REM sleep whereas, you know, hibernation is actually like stage 6 or 7 or whatever sleep like coma. that deep deep coma sleep, yeah. yeah.
0: So you know that saying blind is a bat? Yes. And we are using it wrong, okay? I will give you an example of the correct usage. So, like, if someone noticed an obstacle in their path and then they moved to avoid it, that person, who obviously benefited from functional vision, is a blind as a bat. So, they're not blind. Not blind. Okay. <laughs> Bats do not have amazing vision. It's not, like, special vision, but they can totally see. Right. They ain't eagles, but they can see. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most bats are nocturnal. They fly around at night, so while they can see and their vision is actually best in dim light, they do rely heavily on echolocation to navigate and hunt their prey. They emit high-pitched squeaks, which bounce off of surrounding objects, and they build a mental image of the terrain based on how quickly those echoes return to them. It's navigation by a squeak.
1: Hmm. I really wish you could do that as as humans. Thank God humans can't
0: echolocate. Just imagine people just walking around, just being like, ah. <laughs> This is a terrible idea. Just Tourette's people, would finally have a point. People walking down dark alleys, shrieking. It's horrific. Awesome. This is, this is the question uh, for $500. Uh, what is the only thing that can make humans worse than they fucking are right
1: now? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take what would make Florida make sense for 500 Alex.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds horrid. Uh, but bat squeaks can detect objects as small as two millimeters shit Uh, which is very useful if your diet consists of tiny
1: bugs and you don't want to hit you know trees small trees or branches skinny Skinny trees, things that come off of trees you've seen them i'm sure that too yeah does echolocation work with glass does it go yeah yeah it off glass yeah any any flat surface that's why they had to come up with specific and special kinds of materials to make stealth planes out of Mm -hmm. because radar is radar yeah Yeah. so if you're flying a b2 bomber are you just massacring bats Yes, they don't have to worry about bird strike, they have to worry about bat strike.
0: Even if the B-2 bomber are not super successful like you know, in wartime efforts, it could take out a lot of bats. If we ever have a scourge of bats to deal with, yes. Bats ever rise up. You're (laughs) on notice, bats. But yeah, bats uh, eat a lot of bugs, and they find them through echolocation. And I find it funny how the animals that we fear and despise the most are often the most helpful to humans. Mm. Bats are out there eating mosquitoes, which are the number one enemy of humanity. And they also eat moths, which are the number one enemy of sweaters. Hmm. Yet we cast them as vampires and villains. I, yeah,
1: I love bats. I, I think of them as sky puppies. They're cute.
0: Yeah, same with spiders. There's a spider web in the corner of my room. I'm always like, thanks, bro. Get those flies and mosquitoes. Good looking out. I can't go with you on that. And then Jody's like, get this fucking thing. out of yes. <laughs> And I always apologize to the spider as I'm taking them out. So I'm like, sorry, it wasn't me. It was...
1: She fears that which she does not understand. I think she understands it. I think she's just right up there with me, which is if they never bit humans, I think we would be fine. But since they're creepy looking and they bite humans on occasion, that's enough. Daddy
0: long legs is not going to bite a human. But daddy long legs, all they're going to do is clear out the flies.
1: Yeah. And crawl on you in the middle of the night and and feel creepy. Maybe crawl in your mouth.
0: And then you had a snack that you didn't even know about. Protein. (laughs) Once again, spider brooch, throwing himself on the pyre for humanity. (laughs) That is a sacrifice. It's a noble sacrifice. Yes. Also, bats are unique in a number of cool ways. Uh, First, they're the only mammals that can fly. Mm. They're our closest flying relative, technically. Not a close relative at all, but closer than creepy-ass dinosaur birds. Birds are fucking weird. Yeah, they are. Birds aren't real, bro. Many bats, on the other hand, are freaking adorable, as you mentioned. In fact, fruit bats are also known as flying foxes. And you should pause this episode and Google them
1: post haste. Yes, and and die of cuteness before you die of corona.
0: They are huge for bats. They can weigh up to four pounds, and they're among the only species other than humans known to regularly engage in oral sex. Okay, fruit bats also help spread and disperse fruit tree seeds, so they're doing the Lord's work. They're killing bugs and creating food, and just generally making the world a better place. Yeah, and blowing each other—it's what's nothing
1: wrong with that. In <laughs> fact. I would say, based on that checklist of awesome, bats are better than humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a low bar. You know what I mean,
0: yeah. Bats can also be super tiny. Did you know this? Hog-nosed bats are the size of a large bumblebee. What? They're not quite as cute as flying foxes. I don't know if you caught the name. Yeah. Uh, hog-nosed. It's apt.
1: Mm, yeah. Okay. That's unfortunate.
0: They look very evil. They have the like stereotypical kind of smush-faced like creepy bat look i love tiny evil things
1: yeah like the 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 satan gecko yeah 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 yeah
0: bow to me pathetic human <laughs> or i shall nibble your earlobe <laughs> in the most adorable
1: possible way bow to me human yes no stop pitting me what are you doing <laughs> you bastard you will pay for this no i don't want to sip you. yes i want my sipping <laughs>
0: I think we, we need to collectively get over our dumbass fear of bats. Bats are pretty amazing. They don't really do it. I mean, you know, COVID, but mm. whatever. Even if COVID was the result of people caging and eating bats, the bats are not to blame. I was going to say, simple fix for that. Don't yeah. make out with and or eat a bat. They were not volunteering to be snacked on mm-hmm. or caged. No, that's spiders. Leave them alone. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dogs and cats can see colors. Yes. They have more rods in their eyes than we do, which gives them superior night vision, and rods are not associated with color, but they have fewer cones. And it's really not as simple as that makes it sound, but the upshot is that dogs and cats' optical anatomy allows them to see a very limited color spectrum, but they definitely can see color. Yes. Also, cats apparently experience common colors very differently than we do. From a Business Insider article, quote, For cats, there's a debate as to whether blues and grays are the norms or whether it's the same yellow-based spectrum that dogs see, just with less saturation and richness of color. Uh, reds and pinks may appear more green to cats, while purple may look like another shade of blue. The article continues, uh, or maybe not. <laughs> we have, we don't fucking know. Because anyway. are fucking cats. I love that they just just... Reds and pinks may appear more green. Purple might look like another shade of blue. We know nothing. We took your money and we didn't (laughs) do any studying. We don't fucking know. We may have received a public grant for this research. (laughs) Speaking of animal color misconceptions, bulls do not get angry when they see the color red.
1: No, we covered
0: this in the Can You Do Cow Tipping? Correct. Humans have cones in our eyes that allow us to view red, blue, and green, and the melding of those colors in different quantities allow us to see all the colors of the rainbow, but bulls, and in fact, all ungulates, or undulates? No, it wouldn't be undulates.
1: (laughs) Although I wish (laughs) it fucking (laughs) worse. We now have jellyfish and undulating bovine. Yeah.
0: All ungulates, animals with hooves, Mm. are ungulates, they have dichromatic eyes, so they have cones that can perceive green and blue, but they lack the ones that would allow them to see red. Hmm. So the bull isn't charging because a guy is waving a red cape, as we have established. It's more because the guy is antagonizing the bull and also
1: stabbing him with swords. Right. Or just waving something in general at something that weighs 800 pounds and has got more testosterone than you ever will. Yeah.
0: It turns out that bulls do not like being mocked and stabbed. My extensive research has revealed <laughs> that no one enjoys being viciously poked, it turns out. Yeah. No. Bullfighters also choose those specific bulls for their aggressiveness, so they're more likely to attack something that they see waving or, you know, mocking them. They're, they're ornery. Right. Well, the promoters of the bullfight select those bulls. The bullfighters probably would have different criteria if <laughs> they...
1: I want the one with the cross eyes and the, I don't know why my bullfighter is French, but he is. Uh, I want the cross-eyed one with the limp. Oh yes. And the one without one hoof. Perfect. And now I'm German. I don't know why. Next misconception.
0: yes. Owls cannot spin their heads all the way around. No. But they can turn their heads up to 270 degrees, which that's pretty far. I mean, you were so close. Not a full Linda Blair. No. But more than half a Blair. Mm-hmm. So when humans twist our heads, we constrict the blood vessels in our necks, which can cut off blood flow to the brain. Mm. Uh, Quick rotations of the head can cause the vessels to tear or rupture, resulting in embolisms.
1: Yes. Not to mention the whole, you know, tearing of the actual spinal column, which would be bad. Yeah.
0: According to neuroradiologist Dr. Philip Goye... Yep. Uh, Until now... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to... Uh, Quote, until now, brain imaging specialists like me who deal with human injuries caused by trauma to arteries in the head and neck have always been puzzled as to why rapid twisting head movements did not leave thousands of owls lying dead on the forest floor from stroke.
1: This guy sounds like he thinks about this a little it's too often. Morbid imagery. From <laughs> Seriously. Dr. Philip, I'm going with Dr. Philip. And Dr. Philip, yeah, he 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 seems like he actually has it out for for owls but on the under. I feel like Dr. Philip has a freezer full of dead owls. dead owls.
0: So to solve this mystery, researchers injected dye into a bunch of dead owl necks and then, quote, manually turned the birds' heads to trace the blood flow.
1: Yeah, that sounds not Frankensteinian.
0: Cool. Good like job for Dr. Philip. Yeah. So what they found is that owls have reservoirs at the base of their necks that expand when their heads turn and fill with blood. And meanwhile, they have tiny holes in the bones of the vertebrae with air pockets that cushion the artery so that it doesn't become constricted.
1: So they have reserved blood tanks in their neck. Mystery
0: solved. Uh, Another million-dollar grant well spent. (laughs) What did you do
1: today? I twisted inky owl necks. Thank you, Dr. Philip. I wondered why we keep having these sessions, but it's all making sense now. Next
0: misconception. Oh, yes. Yeah. Conventional wisdom has always held that penguins, especially Gentoo penguins, are monogamous. Hmm. For instance, long-term penguin couple Coco and Gossamer, two lovebirds who are not actually lovebirds, they are a couple of Gentoo life partners, and they are among the star attractions at the Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Hmm. But in 2018, fans of avian romance were horrified when genetic testing revealed that two of Gossamer's chicks had actually been fathered by Rodo the male half of another supposedly monogamous penguin duo. Hmm. I'm going to show restraint and avoid any jokes about Roto-Rooter. Restraint failed. So it turns out that penguins creep.
1: So I creep. Yeah. They're
0: down with OPP. Oh. Other people's penguins. Who down with OPP? All ladies. Yes, All the penguins of various genders. <laughs> It doesn't quite work out when you're Even the non-binary. A, you know,
1: non-binary penguins are in there, too. That's,
0: I guess that's why they didn't include that in the ramps. So. Yeah. It's a little clumsy. Needs work. And penguins are super sneaky about their creeping because we wouldn't have known if not for that DNA test. Mori
1: Povich style. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for the fact that no one can tell penguins apart. So, like, even that's they can't. Next, Misconception. So I don't
0: know if you've heard this, but I was led to believe that makers of vanilla-flavored foods often use extract of beaver butt rather than actual vanilla beans. Have you heard about this?
1: Um, I'm sorry, could you say that? Again? <laughs> you didn't know about this? No. Oh, okay. I mean, I think you've said something about this in, like, a previous episode, but I, I must have blacked it out, because that's not something I want to think about.
0: Well, in that case, you will be relieved to learn that the rumor regarding extract from the anal glands of beavers is wrong on many levels. Hmm. First, the substance in question, castorium, is not extruded from anal glands. It doesn't come from glands at all, though a beaver's so-called castor sacs are located near the animal's anus. Hmm. And while castoreum was used for many years as a flavoring, uh, number one, it isn't actually a substitute for vanilla or strawberry flavoring. It wouldn't be used specifically to replace one of those. Mm -hmm. It is a flavor enhancer with a musky, leathery aroma that was used extensively in cigarettes and as the base note in perfumes. Uh, But two, there's pretty much zero chance you're eating beaver booty, even if you wanted to, because it is super expensive. Really? According to Snopes, quote, depending upon as scarce a substance as Castorium to flavor the ice cream and candy found on store shelves would create nationwide shortages of those items and drive
1: up their prices beyond the reach of all but the wealthiest consumers. Okay, see, you done fucked up now because now I want beaver ice cream. I want beaver-ass ice cream. I want to know what that tastes like. I'm sure you
0: can get some. It's just very expensive. So it is a real flavoring and it can tastes similar to vanilla although again they wouldn't just use it in place of vanilla they would use it to enhance other flavors in a vanilla-y way Mm. and it's apparently tastes very like kind of smoky and leathery it's got this like complex scent that enhances vanilla and strawberry and other sweet flavors Mm. so you could get some beaver butt ice cream if you were willing to pay for it and you know willing to eat a beaver butt
1: you don't know about my Sundays, man
0: We don't kink shame. But hey, that's not to say that manufacturers couldn't use it. Uh, The FDA has determined that it's safe for human consumption, and technically it could be included as one of the generic, quote, natural ingredients in your food without being specified. So while beaver butt is currently too fancy to be included in your ice cream, there might be other butts that are more cost effective. We don't know what else is in those natural ingredients. (laughs) They don't have to tell you. So
1: if you if you like your free range hippie ice cream that much, just don't think about what might have gone into it. Yeah. Yeah. You could but, be getting platypie cream in there. But regardless, you can stop
0: worrying about consuming extract of furry beaver butthole. Snopes again, quote, a major ingredient supplier told us this about some of their vanilla flavorings. Castorium is not a common raw material that is used and we don't use it. So I can safely say that our natural vanilla flavors do not contain any animal juices. Mm. Animal juices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I guess that's what milk is, but you know. Yeah,
1: there, there had to have been a better way you could have put that, bro. <laughs> I don't want any animal juices. Or animal puree, or do, I don't want extract of gerbil in my ice cream. Jesus,
0: man. More from this anonymous supplier: "Quote: All vanilla extracts are free of castorium Wherever you go." Hmm. The supplier continued, "You can totally trust us." We are anonymous representatives from a giant corporation. When have we ever led you
1: astray? Ever, ever. I added the last, the I, last part. I, I figured. But yeah. it, it's, it's implied. When they said anonymous flavor or source or whatever yeah. the fuck you said. Well,
0: you would think the anonymous flavor would admit it. You'd just yeah. be like, you're eating beaver butt. I mean,
1: we giggle every single time you take fucking dryers <laughs> off the shelf, dude. We are laughing up our sleeves. He's like, there's a reason I don't eat ice cream. Yeah.
0: Ew. lala. I mean, it's interesting. I've seen the castor sacs. They look more like testicles. So once you take off the castor sacs and then dry them, which is what they do, they look like hairless, leathery testicles. Mm. So like even less, I don't know. Is that less appealing than anus? I don't know. Either way, not great.
1: <laughs> Equally as, as
0: unappealing on my ice cream. Nature's kinky as fuck. <laughs> Nature is bonkers as shit, dude. <laughs> it makes it much more pleasant for beavers to engage in analingus. Yes. It's, they can lick to the side every now and then
1: and, and swab back okay we we've we've, <laughs> we've plumbed the depths of this joke Ooh, so we, to speak we can move the fuck on yeah. next
0: misconception ayes hey, so we've probably all heard someone described as looking like quote the cat that got the cream mm. referring to a person who is very satisfied with their situation yes which totally makes sense if you are satisfied with situations that involve explosive diarrhea <laughs> Feeding your cat milk is a terrible idea. Yes. Kittens love milk, and even adult cats are attracted to milk because of the fat content, but kittens typically lose the ability to easily digest lactose as they age. Mm -hmm. Most adult cats are lactose intolerant, and even the ones who aren't won't particularly benefit from drinking fatty cow milk. There's just not a lot of nutrition there. Right. There's even some debate as to whether humans should be drinking cow milk. Maybe just don't drink animal juice, as previously noted. (laughs)
1: You had to bring that back, son of a bitch.
0: Just because an animal has nipples doesn't mean we need to drink whatever squeezes out of it.
1: Could you milk me, Fokker?
0: I have nipples, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) There will be even more talk of nipples soon. Sweet. Okay, this next one is controversial. This will be our last one. Coco the gorilla and other non-human primates in general have never learned sign language. Yeah. There is no compelling evidence that animals can be taught actual language, even those most closely connected to us on the evolutionary tree. Mm -hmm. They can, however, learn to perform actions via operant conditioning. If you put a mouse in a cage with three buttons and the mouse figures out that every time it hits all the buttons in sequence, it is rewarded with some cheese, the mouse will compulsively push those buttons. Right. Not necessarily because mice like cheese. That is another misconception that we actually covered, if you remember. Right. But because mice like food, because they enjoy uh, being alive. They prefer cheese over death. Cake or death. Cheese or death. (laughs) Uh, Cheese, please. But even though the mouse is performing a deliberate action, that mouse hasn't learned anything other than buttons equal cheese. Right. You could write on those three buttons, uh, I, and then want, and then cheese, and then you could get super excited because the mouse keeps making a coherent statement by pushing those buttons, but the mouse hasn't learned language. No. Same with Coco. She learned that when she made a certain motion, she received a banana. So, she made that motion when she wanted a banana. You could say she learned to ask for a banana, but you could also say that she simply learned to push the
1: banana button. Right. She learned the banana protocol and the oh protocol and the yeah. And the they make a fuss over me when I do this thing protocol.
0: There's a great podcast, uh, or at least some of the episodes are really great, called You're Wrong About. And they did a full episode on Coco. It's really interesting. They point out that much of the evidence of Coco's supposedly complex communication is controversial and open to interpretation. The available videos are heavily edited. Penny Patterson, uh, the woman who is most associated with training Coco, never released the raw footage from these sessions. And even in the short videos that we can watch, we run into the same problem that we experience with other signing primates, like Washu the chimp. You'll have a short video in which, for instance, Washu sees a swan and signs water and bird, and everyone gets super excited because she's creating compound words. She's like building a language, water bird. But it's just as likely that she might have been pointing out random objects she saw. Water, bird, sky. It doesn't mean that she's making a language. She is naming things that she has been taught to name.
1: Right. She's been, in fact, rewarded when naming.
0: Yeah. So same with Coco. Like, if you watch videos, there's a video of Coco and Mr. Rogers, and Penny is there, and she keeps trying to get Coco to talk about love, but Coco is just grabbing Mr. Rogers' arm and just completely ignoring everything else. And at one point, Penny says that Coco made the sign for flower, and Penny claims she's referring to Mr. Rogers' cufflinks, which don't look anything like a flower. And finally, Penny gets Coco's attention, and she makes the sign for love, and Coco sees it and mimics the sign, and Penny is like, Coco is saying she loves you. Mm. And no, Coco is rambling about foliage and imitating your gestures. That is not a conversation.
1: Yes, it's the same thing when Robin Williams met her. It, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and
0: we will get to that. And that happens all the time in these videos. So first off, the trainer almost always initiates the interaction, Right. Uh, which is another problem with this. The animals are typically never doing more than reacting. And then the trainer interprets the meaning of the supposed conversation that follows. So Coco will be signing like fish and hula hoop and nipple and a bunch of other nonsense. And then she makes one gesture that can somehow be interpreted as relevant to the situation. And suddenly it's declared a conversation. Hmm. We will get to that nipple thing I promised in a minute, by the way.
1: I was promised nipples, sir. (laughs) You will be
0: rewarded. Okay. From the BBC News, quote, Although the apes can use two or three signs in a sequence, close inspection of film data has repeatedly shown trainers prompting them and then questionably interpreting separate responses as signed sentences, Mm. unquote. And all of this becomes super clear when deaf people and or people who are actually fluent in sign language have watched these videos or tried to communicate with the primates. They'll tell you that what is happening is not a sign language conversation, but rather a bunch of random gestures that can in no way be considered a coherent back and forth. Many of these gestures aren't even identifiable as signs. Like the animal might put a finger in its mouth, and then the handlers would say, oh, the animal is signing drink. And then the animal would put its finger in his mouth later, and they would completely ignore it or interpret it differently, just based on the context. Right. Like animals put their fingers in their mouths. They're not always asking for a drink or trying to say something. I mean, chimps pretty regularly finger their
1: own buttholes. I'm pretty sure that's not a sign. (laughs) They want some vanilla. (laughs) No, dummy. He wants beaver. (laughs) It's
0: a universal sign for ice cream. (laughs) From now on. And it's actually, as you mentioned, another version of operant conditioning. When the handlers would get excited about Coco making a certain gesture or series of gestures, Coco would be more likely to repeat those gestures because she wanted to please the people with the food right and the shelter again survival yeah and this is what animals and especially dogs are great at this dogs will learn that if they do a certain thing and you like it they'll keep doing that thing it's just training you're just training coco yeah some of the claims about coco were batshit ridiculous and this is where it all really breaks down so you mentioned the robin williams thing what do you know about coco and robin williams
1: well i I watched the well because there's the only version that you have access to is the heavily edited one And it's basically, like, he and the gorilla interacted. The gorilla, I think, like, you know, petted his chest hair, like, pinched at his nipple or something like that. Like, she did. This is a nipple thing, yeah. We're still getting there. Okay. I'm going to insert nipples at some point if I don't get my damn nipples. But anyway. uh, Please
0: don't say you're going to insert (laughs) nipples. I'm
1: inserting nipples. (laughs) I'm going to
0: keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. (laughs)
1: But yeah, I mean they they had an interaction. He looked blown away by just being in a room with a gorilla, which so would I. Like totally. huge, smelly, but noticeably human esque animal
0: and intelligent. I mean they are yeah. smart. Yeah, just because they're not communicating the way that we think of as standard communication doesn't mean they're not able to interact with you
1: yeah. yeah he definitely did say as i recall like that was amazing or
0: whatever like, oh yeah well i mean everyone wanted to be on board with we all wanted to believe that coco could talk yeah why would we not want to believe that i want to believe that maybe they just didn't do a good job of teaching coco and maybe the next monkey will be able to... coco wasn't a monkey but ape will be able to actually communicate right so this was from the official website of coco.org quote when coco heard of robin's passing in 2014 she became very sad Sure it did. First, I like that they don't say, like, when we told Coco about Robin's passing. Like, she just overheard it from some
1: buddies at the bar. Yeah, she, she was eavesdropping on the other trainers uh, while they were sitting around having a mournful cup of Robin Williams is dead. And, uh, yeah, she yeah. was like,
0: Meow. And then we have to address the logistical and ethical questions here. Uh, let's say that Coco, a celebrity gorilla who met hundreds and hundreds of people in those intervening 13 years between the few minutes she spent with Rob Williams and the time when he died. Mm-hmm. 13 years passed. Mm-hmm. Let's say she actually remembered this one dude. Let's also assume that Coco somehow actually understood the concept of death. If all of that is true, which it is not, but let's say it is, what would you gain from telling
1: Coco that this guy she had bonded with is dead? Yeah, like that would make you the hugest <laughs> abusive dickhead trainer ever. Hey, Coco, remember that hairy guy? Remember how funny he was? You liked him, huh? Yeah. Yeah, He's dead. He's he's gone.
0: He'll never never get to touch his nipples ever again. No more hairy nipples for you, Coco. Coco supposedly had the mental capacity of a three- or four-year-old. If you are a serious researcher, you need to explain how there is potential scientific benefit to traumatizing a creature that has the emotional maturity of a toddler. And the fact that the researchers tried to sell us this crazy story with inception levels of bullshit makes it impossible for me to trust any of their claims.
1: Yeah, yeah. The closest I could come to it was Coco might understand the word death is paired with sad things. Like maybe she had a pet or a friend gorilla. She did. She had a kitten that died. Yeah. Okay. So this is the same one that Bill Burr was talking about.
0: very traumatic. Right. To be like, remember what happened to your kitten? That it ceased to be. Remember when that made you very sad? Yeah. Remember that guy you liked very much? Also dead. Yeah. And by the way, Coco, it's going to happen to you too. Enjoy knowing about mortality. Sit with that.
1: Enjoy your existential crisis.
0: Yeah. It was just a bunch of nonsense. And like I said, that to me, that all undermines their seriousness of it, all the rest of their research. When you're willing to say Coco remembered Robin Williams and it made her sad and she told us about it, it's just like, oh, oh. So you had me going there for a minute. Yeah. So <laughs> this was... I Okay. The gorilla is not speaking. Okay. I, I understand. We paid you a lot of money.
1: You're fired. With Best your, long con ever. With your fake-ass gorilla. Yeah. I mean, the I gorilla. I mean, it was a real gorilla. She. With your clever Hans.
0: That's what it was. Yeah. That's actually what has been referenced a lot, is clever Hans, because she was essentially doing what she thought people wanted her to do. Right. So we'll end on the nipple thing. Uh, okay. Coco was obsessed with nipples. She had a full-on nipple fetish, and, you know, we don't kink shame Mm. as long as it is all consensual, Mm -hmm. and in this case, it was not. Coco was a certified freak. She's a little bit of a nipple rapist. She was always demanding to see people's nipples and then playing with them, and the handlers wanted to keep her happy, so they went out of their way to let this weird-ass ape get her jollies. Wow. Quote, in 2005, three female staff members at the Gorilla Foundation, where Coco resided, filed lawsuits against the organization, alleging that they were pressured to reveal their nipples to Coco by the organization's executive director, among other violations of labor law. The lawsuits were settled out of court. Gorilla expert Kristen Lucas has said that other gorillas are not known to have had a similar nipple fixation.
1: Oh, Coco, you rapey old gorilla, you. It's not a bitch. So Coco
0: was a kinky-ass gorilla who did not actually know sign language, but she lived to be 46 nipple-loving years old. <laughs> she lived a long, full life of bananas and titties. She saw a ton of nipples and died quietly in her sleep. It's a very happy ending
1: for Coco. Oh, it dude. all worked out proof positive that our justice system is fucked and that you know rapists don't actually get fucking time (laughs) because this rapey ass gorilla was fondling unfortunate trainers and forcing them without consent to reveal nipples and she died happily in her furry little nest fuck that gorilla i don't think a gorilla could be
0: rapey i think it was that people allowed the gorilla to behave this way that is the rapey thing is you're like you lift up your shirt the gorilla wants to see your nipples it's like, really? Does the gorilla want to yeah, see really? my Really? <laughs> I'm not sure. The gorilla wants to <laughs> see my The gorilla nipple. wants to see my titties. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> but even if even if it is the gorilla wants to see your titties, there is a very basic response to that, which should be respected. Yeah.
1: It's Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Why didn't anyone lead a fucking giraffe past that fucking, like, training director or whatever, the executive director, and be like, yeah, the giraffe wants to see your balls. <laughs> <laughs> the hippo wants to see your anus. Bend over, cough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is a great
0: idea for, like, if you're just a fucking freak, you can be like, my cat really wants to see your vagina. It's
1: not. My I'm, pussy wants to meet
0: your pussy. I'm sorry. It's not anything it's not, it's I can do. It's, you know what? You can see from its expression. It's, I mean, you we can't force you, but it would be very rude. It would be extremely. To the cat. You'd be the first. You'd honestly be the first who didn't comply. It's So
1: fucked up. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, I'm really happy we had to that note. It was a happy it, was ending, worth it. so it was, to speak. It was worth it. I was waiting for nipples, and what I got was so much more. I delivered. You I did. Delivered you nip. did. All right. Miffy, insomniacs of all shapes, sizes, and apparently species.
0: All the various flavors of glands. Yes. Out in the insomniac.
1: Nom, 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 nom. Yes. Uh, please. We would really love it if you would leave a review somewhere, but definitely please tell a friend, learn Smoke Signals, live on a mountain. We don't really care. Just help us out.
0: Don't forget about merch. It's been a while, but we have a bunch of cool merch, and we just haven't mentioned it lately. And the fact is, like, the merch is a great way to rep the show. Be a human billboard for us, please. Please. We want to exploit you in
1: all possible ways. I mean, was that ever a question? Show Duncan your balls. (laughs) This Shane wants to see your (laughs) kneecaps. Show him your kneecaps. Anyway, on that note, and forever after... Knowledge is power. Sleep is over,